0: Hey, this is Sammy Flores. I'm the pastor at Coin Church in Chino, California, and this is our podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I hope this encourages you and calls you to more because you are made for more. Here's awesome. Up. Scripture says this in 2 Chronicles seven eleven. It says, when Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and had succeeded in carrying out all that he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, the Lord appeared to Solomon at night. Now, Solomon was a king. There was three great kings that oversaw all of Israel before it was divided. The first was Saul. The second was David. And then David had a son named Solomon. And so Solomon says, I'm ready to build the temple. You see, his father was a, a fighter. He, Dave, we know David. He killed Goliath. He killed men. He, he went out in battle. But he also had blood on his hands. He had sin in his life. He, he killed Bathsheba's husband. And there was some pain and brokenness in him. And in the Old Testament, God, I mean, God doesn't, he can't see sin in general. And so God was so perplexed by David and the blood on his hand. David said, God, I've built this Israel. You've built it through me. We've we fought battles together. And, and King David said, but your, your temple, your, your tabernacle, the Holy of Holies is under a tent, but yet I'm in a palace. God, I want to build a temple for you, King David said. And, and God told him through the prophet You will not build a temple, your son will, Solomon will. And so we find ourselves in the scriptures where Solomon, he dedicates the temple to God. It's beautiful, and it's immaculate, and it's glorious, and it's powerful, and it's wonderful. It says, then the Lord appeared to him at night, and he said, I have heard your prayer, Solomon, and I've chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or I send a plague among my people, here it is. If my people, if Coin Church, if our community, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal Chino. I will heal Chino Hills, I will heal Montclair, and Ontario, and Eastville, and all of San Bernardino County, and all of Riverside County. God is saying, if we would humble ourselves as we dedicate this temple, this space, this house to God, as we come in a place like this and worship him, humble yourselves, pray, turn from your past and step forward for a future. He says, now my eyes will be open," God says, and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name will be known forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. The title that I wanna talk to you just for a couple moments with is, we are building something. We're building something. Did you know that you came to a space that God is deep at work? He's building something in this space. He's building something not only collectively but individually in our lives. There's moments in my life where I have to realize that God has called me to build something. To build something powerful and beautiful, whether it just be as a father to a child, to Lenya and and, and children to come. Whether it be to a community, whether it be waking up in the morning and knowing I, I have an agenda, I have a plan and I have a purpose. And I know that every choice that I make leads to something and I'm building something. But did you know that if no one were to come into this room and it was just to be me up here and just empty seats, it really wouldn't be a church. I would just be speaking to seats. But for some reason, God has brought people into this space, and it's through the power of God, the movement of God, the anointing of God. It's not because of a man or a woman. It's because of God. And God speaks to every person individually, but he also speaks to people collectively. I'll never forget, I had someone tell me when I was ready to plant a church, he said, just know that when you go, God also has called others. They just might not know it yet. And yet, we stand and we sit in this room and we celebrate a place like this. We are building something. Have you ever uh, got something, maybe as a husband or, or a wife, and you, you go, maybe you have like a, I'll never forget, you know, Kelly and I have built a lot of things when we go to like a, each house or an apartment or a studio. Sometimes it's been difficult and other times it's been, wow, God, you're good. But in every season, you know, there's stuff to build, right? Like a little table or a desk. And... I don't know if, if you're like me, but I oftentimes don't like to read the, the manual or the guideline. Have you ever done that when you take like an Ikea something and you're just building it and you're like, I don't need to read it. And then Kelly's there like, well, Sammy, I don't know what you're doing. I'm like, I got it, Kelly. it's no big deal. And, and it's all not what, right. It doesn't work the way it was supposed to because the manual wasn't taken in consideration as a priority. And oftentimes we do that with our lives. You are building something, but the question is, what are you building? Do you have a guideline, a roadmap? Do you have the Holy Spirit leading you, guiding you into your next journey? Every day we get up. Every day we are building something towards riches. Are we? Are, are you building something just for riches, or maybe it's towards success, or maybe it's it's something more pure? It's having a family, de- desiring a family, building a family, or it's or it's just maybe it's just getting married. Maybe in a season you're like, man, I just I, I'm ready to get married. I'm ready to step forward. Maybe what you're building and your heart's building, maybe your desire is just to build a career or to start a business or to raise children. You see, the story of Solomon building the temple, what it meant then was actually really important for how we know how to look forward in the scriptures. In the Old Testament, the scripture talks about sacrifices. It was a temple. We talked about this last week, actually, and on Good Friday, that in the Old Testament, in order to get uh, atonement from God, in order to 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 remind God and to bless God, we would we would take our first fruits. In the Old Testament, that was the way that they had their 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 daily lives, and so they would pick the very first fruit, the very special fruit, the 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 juiciest fruit, and they would take it to a place of worship to God, and they would sacrifice to Him. Or other times for atonement, they would they would actually take the best goat in their in their 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 area, their best goat, or the best sheep, or the best animal, and they would take it and present it to God as a sacrifice. And God would see their sacrifice, and God would would understand that we were putting God first. But you see, oftentimes we think, why would God do that? That's so weird. That's so strange. We have to understand that it wasn't so much for us. It wasn't so much for God, it was for us. That God doesn't need our sacrifice. God doesn't need uh, to, to see what we're giving to him continually, but I believe it's in the story of God that God instituted that in the Old Testament because he was trying to remind the people, you need me. You need to be reminded of me. And so the temple became a powerful location. And I love when I went to to Israel, I'll never forget. I I didn't know this as a Bible student. I remember we were in places like Galilee and there was a synagogue there. I was like, man, that's so amazing. And and the rabbi that was walking us through the journey, he said, and I was like, oh, is this where they worship? And he went, no, 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 no you don't worship in the synagogue. You worship at the temple, at Zion. That's where you worship. That's where you, you acknowledge God. That's where you sing to God. That's where you give God your heart. It's at the temple, and the temple was Zion. The temple was in Jerusalem. The temple was the mountain, and so there would be a pilgrimage as they would go towards the temple to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords that had given them everything, had taken them out of Egypt and into a beautiful land, a promised land, and so God created the sacrifice, not so much for him, but for us. Verse 12 says, the Lord appeared at him at night and said, I've heard your prayer and I've chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. It was their first fruits. It was an animal. It was their very best to God. And then verse 14 says, if my people, coin church, who are called by my name, would step out in faith, would pray, would humble ourselves, would get in the journey of God... Because every church has a vision that God has given. Every church is unique. And so what's beautiful is you chose to come here for whatever reason. Someone dragged you here, a friend is here, you felt called here, maybe you just found yourself here by accident. But I don't believe there's any accidents in the power and the movement of God. I believe it's always divine appointments. It's always God trying to do something in your life and so I don't know about you, but this space has been built around sacrifice. In the Old Testament, it was something physical. Sometimes it becomes spiritual. In the Old Testament, it was an, an animal or a lamb. It was the first fruit. It was the best. It was the way of giving finances. But now it's something shifts when Jesus came. We have to remember if we are building without God that we actually build in vain. Did you know that? I'll never forget, Pastor, you know, we just got this space. It was like two, two months ago, really. It kind of feels like and. Oh, my goodness. It was like, you know, I tell people, you got to be careful because COVID kind of messed us up in regards to our rhythms. I'm like a go, 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 go person. That's just my personality. And it's like all my life I've been like on the treadmill and it's been at 10. And I'm like, man, I got this. I got this. It's just who I am. It's my gift. I'm different. Don't judge me off you. Like, I'm just doing my thing. I'm good. I got Sabbath. I got God. I'm just, I'm running. I'm going at it. I'm doing it. And then COVID hit and it was like to one. And I'm like. Man, Kelly, like, what is going on with life? Like, I'm, like, laying on the floor. Like, I don't even know what to do, Kelly. Should we get on Zoom again? Like, what do we do? And I'll never forget when we got this space, and then it was hard work again. It was like the treadmill was on 10 again. But I'll never forget I got here, and it was really late at night. And it was, like, honestly, it was, like, 12. And I was going up my stairs, and I was walking upstairs, and the Spirit of God stopped me. And he said, don't you forget. Don't you ever forget unless the Lord builds the house it's builders labor in vain it was the spirit of God that stopped me and said you can do all you want you can get the ladders you can get your friends you can get the people of the church to help and to build and to do amazing things and it's awesome and it feels cool and we'll post it on social media but if I'm not in it you labor in vain and I'll never forget I told God I said God remind me day in and day out that this is not my house it's yours And we're doing something. We're building something here. But I need your power, God. I need your spirit, God. I need your direction, God. I need to be emotionally healthy. I need to understand the movement of God. I need to be fasting and praying. And if my people would just seek my face, humble themselves, and get on their knees and cry out to me, then then I will hear their prayers and I'll heal their land. And so I don't know about you, but it, it doesn't have anything to do with a pastor. My dad taught me this. Don't ever look at a man. Man will fail. Man will fall. Man is not perfect. We look to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the cornerstone of the church. And so it's not just me. I want to encourage you. Something my pastor has always taught me. Wherever you're at, you are the church. Whatever business you're in, you are the pastor. Wherever you go, God has given you a call and a mantle and an anointing. So whatever space you're in, work that space well for the kingdom of God. Did you know that in order to build something, you have to be willing to sacrifice? Uh, we don't like talking about that. No. I, talk, I said it last week. I'll say it again because I just thought it was so good. You know, we, we, we look to the cross, and it's amazing. It's the death of God and then the resurrection. We want to talk all about the resurrection, but we forget to talk about the sacrifice of the cross. So you have to be willing, on whatever journey God has called you to, to sacrifice something. Because you're building something for your family, for your future, for your legacy. You are building something. But what are you building? Do you know the scripture says, without a vision, my people will perish? Do you have a vision for your life? Do you have something that wakes you up in the morning so that you're not just toiling in vain, but you're under the Godship, you're under the wings of the Almighty, and he leads you, and he guides you, and he directs you? Because we're building something, but it might just be in vain, unless God is in it. Our time or our sacrifice could be time. You're just sacrificing time. You're sacrificing time, and you come in day in and day out. There's people in this space. My goodness, Teresa and Dave and my father and the worship team and Kevin and Marlene, all people in this room that have sacrificed so much to come. My brother Luke comes to paint. His, his son comes to paint, just building the house of God, and it's amazing. And I step back, and I say, God, I just need you to know this isn't in vain, right? You're with us, Right? You've gone before us, right? Because we can't do it on our own, but you've given us gifts and talents, and sometimes it's just time. You know, I don't know the math. I probably should have thought of it before, but there's so many hours in a week, right? So many minutes in a day. Did you know that Sundays, it's only just a little, just a little, just, I don't know, like two hours out of your week to just come humble yourselves? Remind your heart, remind your soul, this is where I remind myself that there must be sacrifice. almost fell. (laughs) That there must be sacrifice. God has a sacrifice for you. So let go of the past. Let go of unhealthy relationships. Sacrifice those things if you want a better future. We're building something. We're building something. We are building the house of God. Did you know that? You know, when uh, Kelly and I were were just junior high pastors, we were young. I was just turned 21, almost 22. Kelly was 21. Around that age, we got married. I was young. I was 21. She was 20. I, I believe in getting married young. I actually think it's, it's a good thing. And so that's a side note, but I we got married, and man, it was hard, and it was difficult, and we were youth pastors. I was a youth pastor, and I'll never forget. Have you ever had like aha moments? But like... As a junior hire, like an aha moment, like, whoa, that's crazy. I did not know that. It was summertime, and, you know, I I was a small group leader within the junior hires. There was only a handful of them. There's like, maybe 25 of them, and it was summertime. So, you know, the parents would just say, hey, hang out with the youth pastors and the team, like, all hours of the day, and just hang out and do your thing, and whatever you need, just let me know. And so it was a Wednesday night, and I said, you know what? Like I told the team, I said we're gonna go outside because it's really hot, and it's you know it's Orange County. We're on the campus of Vanguard University, across from the OC Fairgrounds. And so I wanted to go to like Vanguard, where there's, there's just a lot of grass. And so I took all the students, and I said we're gonna break up in small groups, and we're just gonna talk about life, because you know just talk to the junior hires about life. And we had a certain agenda. I can't remember what we talked about, but I'll never forget one of the junior hires. His name was Andy. He said, I'm just I just don't understand this. I don't get it. I was like, well, what don't you get? And he was so upset. He was like, I came to church, but we're not even in the building. Like, my mom makes me come here. Why aren't we in the building? We're not having church. I don't get it, Sammy. Like, what's going on? And I was like, Did you know that church isn't defined by a building? It's defined by a people. And I'll never forget, he looked, I said, Andy, we're having church right now, we are the church. Where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is. And so we've come together. We're talking about Jesus. We don't need to be in a building with pillars and brick and mortar. We are and encompass the house of God. We are the church. And he was just like blown away. Wow. (laughs) Couldn't believe it. But, you know, maybe we need to be reminded of that as we get older. That wherever you go, you embody the house of God if you were to claim yourself as an apprentice and a disciple of Jesus, wherever you go, the spirit of God is within you. But there's something about coming to a spot, to a place where we sacrifice our heart again and again and we remind ourselves as a community and we remind ourselves as we look around, it's not just me, it's we, it's us and we are building something for the future. Jesus told Peter this, he said, Peter, did you know that on this rock? And theologians will argue back and forth, He's, he says, Do You know, on this rock, on this cornerstone, I will build my church. And I believe it was Jesus telling Peter, it was both and that on this rock, on the cornerstone, on who Jesus is, I will build my church. But he was also talking to humanity, and he was saying, Peter, on you I will build my house. So it's both and. You know, there's no plan B with God. We are God's only plan A. He built humanity. He said, I will entrust you. I will give you work. I will give you job. I will give you a call. And then the new kingdom comes, and he says, now it's all of us. It's no longer subject to one particular temple or one particular place. It is all around us. It is everywhere we go. And so if we would understand that we embody the house of God, we can speak and move mountains together, not by ourselves together. We're building something. And then he says something that rattles my bones. He says, and Peter, the gates of hell will never, it shall not, it cannot, it will not ever prevail against the church. And we just experienced that, didn't we? I don't know if you knew it, but I thought it was, I I thought corn was done. I'll be honest, I'll just be real. I would pray and I would fast and sometimes there would just be a handful of us and we were in, we were in my mom's house and in in my mom and dad's house in the living room and then it went to the backyard and then it was amazing. And we didn't really know what we were doing. We were just humbling ourselves before God and he was leading the way and we, we added values together in a, a room of people. There's probably a handful of us that actually put our values together. And it was collective, it was we, it was not I. And we, we dropped our pride because we wanted God to be number one in our life. We wanted him to be the cornerstone of this community. And so we decided to be for the one that doesn't know God, that doesn't understand God, that finds himself coming to a space like this not welcomed. And we said, that cannot be any longer. This must be a space where people feel loved and welcomed. And they don't have to believe what we believe to belong. I just know, can I just be honest? I just know when when the spirit of God moves, when you get in a room full of people that are in route for the kingdom of God, the power of God moves collectively in how we speak and how we walk and how we talk. That's why it's really important that we're healthy. Sometimes I, I get frustrated with people because they're like so spiritually mature, so they think, but yet emotionally, they're incredibly immature. God says, The greatest commandment is to love your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, but also to love your neighbor just as much as you love yourself. So it's both and, isn't it? I have to be in relationship with my God. I need to be humbling myself with my God. I need to be sacrificing my time and who I am with God, but I also have to realize that it's here too. And then there's this interesting thing that John says in the gospel. He says, God says, if, if you do not love your neighbor, you actually don't know God. You don't love God. So we have to be a type of people that love people well. I want people to walk out of this room saying those people just love me too much. Oh my goodness. They couldn't stop saying hi. I mean it was a fist bump or this. It was like wanted to give me a hug and they just kept inviting me and they were telling me how do you need prayer? And I was like gosh it's just too much love. That's what I would hope for. We're building something. We're building something. The scripture says this in Romans 12 in the worship team. You can come on up. It says this. Therefore I urge you brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And then he says something really interesting. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do you see how it shifts? God is, is a, a master storyteller. At first, the only time to find God's guidance was at a, at a location. It was under a pillar of smoke. It was, it was at a tent. It was, it was in the temple. And then Jesus dies on the cross and the scripture says that the veil was torn in the temple of the Holy of Holies, of getting in contact with God, of speaking with God, of being in route and understanding that he speaks to us. And then Acts 2, the power and the movement of God. God said, I am going to pour out something that you would never experience or imagine before. I have been in one singular location. I'm here with Peter, I'm here with John, I'm here with James, but I need you to understand that I'm gonna bring you a helper who will be with you everywhere and not just one particular location, everywhere. And so the temple of God in the Old Testament turns into the house of God, But then really turns into us. God says, are you willing to sacrifice? Through the scriptures, Paul then shifts it. He goes even deeper. He says, I get time. Yeah, that's great. I get finances. If you want to, go for it. If that's what you feel called to, if that's what God's calling you to in discipleship with him, go for it. I get all of those things, but what about your life? What about who you are as an individual? Because we're building something And I need to be the type of person, I'll be honest, where I have to remind myself day in and day out that it's not just about the lights and it's cool and it's awesome and the worship and it's amazing and it feels good at times, but it's something so much deeper and powerful. It is the soul that yearns for more, that desires the love and the grace of a merciful God, but yet oftentimes we're, we're mistold that God hates us. He can't stand us and God would say if you would just humble yourselves. Find yourself in a place like this and know as you walk out that you actually embody the spirit of God. You know, there's this saying we say, we say this all the time. It's an African proverb. It says, if you, if you wanna go fast, go alone then. You wanna build that business? You wanna have like an awesome career? Go fast, do it as quick as you possibly can. But you can't do it with others because they're gonna get in the way. Don't people just get in the way? Aren't people just frustrating sometimes? You're not getting it. You don't understand it. Just move. I got it. And we just go really fast and we run over people and we don't realize that that's not how God created us. He never created us to be alone. It says if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And so we will decide as a community to go together together. That's what community is about. That's what coin is about. It is koinonia of Acts 2.42 where the church chained together and for the first time in the Greek language there was fellowship. There was a common place to come together to hear about the teachings and the wonder and it says that they studied the apostles' teaching and every day the church was added and the church was added and it wasn't just because of a man or an apostle. It was the spirit of the living God that dwelt among them, that moved throughout their lives and so people were healed not because of Jesus coming and heal we we did it through God God says that power that rose me from the dead is now within you so don't go alone go together don't go alone go with me don't go alone go with the rock the cornerstone to which I will build my church you see we're building for the future generations that's what I love I'm so glad Pastor Jack prayed for for Lenya because Lenya is gonna get older one day do you know that your children I wrote them down, some of our children, Lenya, Drew, and Elias, Charlie, and Mason, Galilee, and Olivia. Many children in this room are gonna grow and they're gonna grow and they're gonna grow, but have we created a space for them so that they can pass, we can pass the, d- d- the baton onto them and say, you know what, it's for our city, it's for your location, it's for your school, because you gotta get this. Everywhere you go, Deuteronomy says, talk about me. Everywhere you go, God says, preach about me when you're in the waking and when you're going to sleep talk about me to your children because I'm building something within them and I want Lenya to step on my shoulders I want her to get on my shoulders and say I'm gonna do something she doesn't have to be a pastor that would be awesome she doesn't have to be a preacher that would be awesome but I'm gonna foster the call of God over her life because we're building something we're building something Ephesians says this as we end You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Here it is, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ, Jesus himself, as the cornerstone, as the rock. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built. You're building something. You're being built together to become, here it is, a dwelling, a house, which God lives by his spirit. So I must become a living sacrifice. God, you can have it all. God, you can give, you can give and take however you please, God. As long as you're, you're gonna give me the abundant life that you said that I would have, as long as I sacrifice and I let go of the past and I let go of wickedness and I let go of sin and I step into the mercy, the wonder, and the newness of God, as long as I die to myself, God, so that I can live again, you are within me. So the temple becomes Christ. We are not, member, we are, we are not just members of the house, we are the house. And the spirit of God comes and dwells within us. So, what, what is it that you're building? What is it that you're building in your life, with your family, with your future? Do you have God on the forefront of your plans or is God just secondary? Because if he's secondary, you're gonna build it in vain. And I don't wanna get to the end of my life and I don't wanna be a pastor who opens up the scriptures to not tell you, put God first. Give him your first fruits and watch what he does with it. Give him your time, your talent, your treasure and watch what he does for your family. You don't have to fight it physically. It's not a physical battle. The scripture says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against rulers of darkness of evil of this day. So I must tell myself it's a spiritual thing. And I have the spirit of God that will lead me and guide me and speak to me for my children and my children's children because we're building something. Let's pray. Jesus, we come before you right now. God, we're so grateful for your power and your mercy and your love. God, if any person in this room doesn't know you, may they call upon your name. May they ask for you to forgive them of their sins. May we humble ourselves. May we pray and seek your face. May we step into the new. May we step into the more. May we let go of things and sacrifice things so we can understand your goodness and your love and your mercy. God, we give you this building, we give you this space, we give you this church, we give you. All that is in store for our future but God I know you told me we're just getting started I know you told me there are many lives yet to be touched there are many addicts yet to be set free there are many things many bondages many curses over people's lives because the gates of hell they can come against us all they want the enemy can come against us all he wants because on this house on God's house on his temple on his cornerstone he shall not he will not ever prevail against us do you believe that with me come on give God, a shout of praise in this place. God, we love you so much. Build our lives, God. Move in our lives because Jesus, we're building something. Amen.